News, politics, and special guests with a Texas twist. That's the goal of the Luke Messias Show. Our nation and state are at a crossroads, and if you're not informed, you're not equipped to make the change our community needs. Join the conversation and join the cause for liberty today. Welcome to the Luke Messiah Show. We've got several different things to cover for you this week, one of them being that the State Republican Executive Committee met this last weekend. I actually had the privilege of spending much of that time with many of the SREC members and activists that come. For those of you who don't know how this works, the Republican Party of Texas has a statewide board. There is an elected man and woman from each state Senate district, and they serve as the governing board over the Republican Party of Texas, with the chairman and the vice chairman, of course, also serving this board. And so once a quarter, the SREC meet, and we have right now, I would say the most conservative state Republican executive committee that we've had since I've been involved. And I have, I think my first SREC meeting I went to, in fact, I'm pretty sure I remember uh, going to an SREC meeting back in 2008 when I was 18 years old. So that was the first SREC meeting I went to. I have not gone to everyone since, but I have gone to quite a few. And so I was there. There are a lot of new members there who are doing a great job since the state convention. And so, like I said, we have a more conservative SREC. And last week, we talked to you about the fact that one of the effects of Tony Tinderholt's speaker race is that several members were are starting to really come out and publicly challenge the legislative priorities of the Republican Party of Texas. They are upset that the party would tell them seven of the over 1,000 bills that they are going to pass this session. And every session is this way. They always pass well over 1,000 bills out of the chamber. We've said, hey, seven of those should be this. And now they're really upset about it. So the state Republican executive committee got together and had some really strong resolutions they passed, actions they took, and made it very clear uh, that made it very clear uh, that they are still very focused on passing conservative policy into law. They have a committee that is working all platform issues. They have the Legislative Priorities Committee. The Legislative Priorities Committee has been broken up into different specialty committees that are really focused on that particular legislative priority. So you have people who are very active Republican leaders who are doing nothing but working on stopping the sexualization of children, right, or stopping gender modification. These are two separate legislative priorities. One of those is the actual you know, turning little girls into little boys. And, and the rest encompasses like the porn in schools, pornography legislation as a whole, the drag shows that are being done in the presence of minors, the library issues, things in Florida that they've done to say, hey, you can't talk about uh, sexual issues with these first, second, third, fourth graders, right? So all of these bills are being focused on by other SREC members. So the point that I would take away from this uh, weekend's meeting, and, and it, I'm going to here shortly actually read to you a couple of the resolutions that were debated. And this is from me being there. These have not been published yet. They will be published probably sometime this week by the Republican Party of Texas. Um, but I, I think the stances they took and the, the words they said 
um, should be encouraging to many of you. Before I talk about that, uh, let's talk about the fact that uh, when it comes to TikTok, I don't have TikTok, and and if you know, I, I'm not like the most principled person in the world, I haven't like decided to say I will never get a TikTok because Joe Rogan and you know all these other people say you shouldn't get a TikTok. I honestly just feel like I don't have time in my life for a TikTok, um, and it does kind of creep me out that like China could maybe get access to everything that I have on all my devices. So that's that's maybe potentially concerning. But all that being said, um, I'm not coming to you with a major TikTok message. I would assume most of you don't have a TikTok, um, but some of you do. And if you're there, I'm not judging you tremendously. Okay, but here's the point. Governor Abbott came out this last week, and you can read this at Texas Scorecard, but he basically said that government devices may not have TikTok on uh, their their phones, on their phones, on their uh, computers. If these are government devices, they can't have TikTok on it, which is actually a really good step in the right direction. I think there are numerous states that are really going to consider whether or not TikTok should be legal. And I think we're going to consider that on a national level. Um, and if you have not looked into this issue, I'm not going to go real deep into it today, but I think there are some valid national security concerns over how China is using TikTok to not only generally distract our populace, but then also gain access to a ton of information and mine a ton of data from us that it is then able to use. I think it is a national security threat to the United States of America, which then means it's a national security threat to every single state in the United States of America, including Texas. And so uh, I actually appreciate the fact that that announcement was made and that ban was made, but I really think the question is going to be what else does Texas do to send a very strong message that says that these countries that are national security threats to our state and nation should not be tolerated, that we should be serious in addressing those issues. And so I actually uh, believe that legislation that was just filed this last, uh, actually like very early in the bill filing process, process. The, the 147th bill filed in the Texas Senate was by Senator Lois Kolkhorst, and she has filed a bill that would ban the purchase of Texas land from Iran, China, Russia, and North Korea. Okay. Now, this is something that our agriculture commissioner, Sid Miller, has talked about a lot. It is something we have discussed. It is something Texas Scorecard has written about, about all the land out there that is owned by Chinese citizens, Chinese companies, which are incredibly – I mean a Chinese company could honestly just be like almost an extension of the Chinese Communist Party. And the fact that in Texas, we let these foreign enemies come in and purchase our land. Now, here's what you need to know. If you live in Texas and you are a Texan, you are a United States citizen and a citizen of the state of Texas, which, by the way, if you are in Texas, I consider you a citizen of the state of Texas, okay? You're also a citizen of the United States, more broadly speaking. But if you go to China, you cannot purchase land, okay? Uh, they actually are nationalists. They believe in their own nation's interests ahead of ours, they're not going to let Apple go over there and own. A lot of them do like 99-year leases of these certain plots of land so they can build a factory, right, and know that for the next 99 years, we are going to lease this piece of property, okay, so that we can actually build our infrastructure and build this really cheap phone with cheap labor, labor and exploit this country and then ship it over and lower the cost of all goods for Americans. But 
it doesn't mean that they are able to go over and own some of the dirt in China. But not so in Texas. And Senator Kolkhorst has filed a fantastic bill and shown that she is taking this issue seriously. And I think that many people are going to be looking at the rest of the legislature. It is a lot easier to say, hey, government cell phones shouldn't have TikTok on them. That's great. I agree. You know what's harder to say? No, the Chinese, Iranians, North Korean citizens, companies, subsidiaries, these people cannot purchase our land. They cannot own a piece of Texas soil. That is a privilege reserved for an American citizen. And that is a completely appropriate thing. I honestly would be in favor of saying no foreigner can purchase Texas land. I think this is a phenomenal step in the right direction, though. I mean, honestly, I would be fine if no foreigner, including Californian, could own Texas land. Okay, That is the Luke Macias policy position, king for a day. No foreigner including people who live in Marxist states, can purchase Texas land. If you want to own a piece of our dirt, you got you to gotta be one of us, okay? And maybe we'll let a couple of you other states have the privilege of owning a piece of Texas. But currently, it's the Wild West. And this would be a huge victory for conservatives if we were able to get enacted into law a ban on the purchase of Texas land from Chinese, Iranian, North Koreans, and Russians. So, Senator Colcourse bill, Senate Bill 147, is something you should seriously take a look at, follow, uh, contact your legislator about. I do believe we'll see similar legislation. There might be a couple different ways of approaching this, but there will be some similar legislation filed on the House side. We'll keep you up to date on that and who you can reach out to. But you should be reaching out to your lawmaker, your senators, your state representatives and saying, hey, I didn't even know until this week that some Chinese Communist Party affiliated business could purchase the lot next to me. And I don't like it. I don't think it should be legal. What are you going to do about it? And I hear there's legislation being worked on. Tell me what you're going to do. That's a great way to reach out to your lawmaker. That being said, the state Republican Executive Committee met this quarter and they passed a couple very strong resolutions. The first thing they did was they actually passed a resolution that called for their RNC representatives, and I'll explain what that means, to oppose Rona McDaniel and actually supported uh, basically someone other than her. Okay, So they didn't specifically uh, endorse someone. They just said, hey, this needs to change. We need someone new. And here's the important thing to understand. First of all, the vote was unanimous. Okay, That is not common unless it's just some like feel-good deal. Even uh, the next resolution, which I will talk about in a second, which was even better than this resolution, but the next resolution that I'll talk about, um, you know, had five no votes. There are a number of SREC members that still fundamentally won't actually like poke any moderate politician within the Republican Party. When you have a unanimous vote of the SREC to say, hey, we oppose Rona McDaniel as chair of the Republican National Committee. So some of you don't know Rona McDaniel, but essentially the same way we have a state party chair, we have a chairman of the Republican National Committee. This is the head of the entire Republican Party across the nation. And Rona McDaniel has been our chair since 2017, and she has done a horrific job. And she should be replaced. And many people feel this way. And she has 
literally ushered loss, ushered in and overseen loss after loss over loss. Republicans have not had ideal elections over the last several elections. Rona McDaniel rehiring her to run the party for another two years would be the definition of insanity, right? Doing the same thing over and over again and expecting a different result. That is Einstein's definition, and that is what rehiring her would be. And so the SREC unanimously said, hey, we oppose her for re-election and call on our chairman. So Matt Rinaldi, the Republican Party of Texas chairman, goes to the RNC. Every state chair is also a member of the RNC. But then each state sends one man and one woman also to serve as the board of the RNC, the same way each state Senate district serves on the board of the RPT. So we have uh, Tony Ann DeShiel as our RNC committee woman and Robin Armstrong as our RNC committee man. Now, I will tell you the other interesting wrinkle for those of you who are really active in the Republican Party, you might already know this, but Tony Ann DeShiel has already come out and said she supports Rona McDaniel for re-election, which is very, very sad to see because everybody who's actively involved in the party has seen Rona continually fail. And there becomes, and I talk about this a lot, and this happens in the Texas legislature. It happens in the Republican caucus. It happens at your local county executive committee. It happens at the SREC. It happens at the RNC. There becomes this loyalty to the hierarchy, to the established power structure that rarely benefits you and almost always doesn't benefit the ultimate goal of accomplishing as much conservative policy as possible. But people get in and they're just told, hey, if you just support everyone in power, then you can be well supported as well. They'll put you in good positions. They'll put you on cool committees. They'll assign you cool tasks. And you'll also send a message to all the other people in these power structures that say, hey, I'm not here to upset the apple cart. And they like that. And then they reward it and they elevate it. And Tony Ann DeShiel has already come out and said, yeah, sign me up for another two years with Rona McDaniel. Luckily, Robin Armstrong has not said anything, which is better than what Tony Ann DeShiel has said. And then Matt Rinaldi actually came out and said he supported Lee Zeldin, who was the New York gubernatorial candidate who basically won us the United States House of Representatives. We would not have the majority. Nancy Pelosi would still be speaker if it weren't for Lee Zeldin running for governor of New York and losing but losing by a small enough margin that meant that he made massive gains for Republicans across the state and delivered numerous congressional seats. I think the number is up to five congressional seats that people would say basically would still be blue if it hadn't been for Lee Zeldin running for governor and a rising tide brings all ships up. And so he did that and he basically delivered the U.S. House of Representatives to Republicans, which would make him probably a pretty good RNC chairman. He has decided not to run. There are a number of other people running or considering running. And so Matt Rinaldi has already come out and basically said, I don't support Rona. I support Lee Zeldin over her. Has not made an announcement since the SREC meeting on anything else in particular. But those are the three votes that matter. And that SREC resolution being unanimous really uh, speaks to just how strong the SREC is right now. Um, And I think we will continue to see encouraging results as they take positions and make statements. What do these resolutions mean? Let's just talk about that for real, for a second. Basically, what these resolutions mean is that the Republican Party of Texas is taking this position, right? 
And this is what politicians say. We talked about this last week, but they can't stand these positions they're taking being opposite to that of it puts them in a box, right? Being opposite to that of which they've already agreed upon. What used to happen is that the elected officials would get to take a position, stake out policy, and then go to the SREC and get them to clap. I mean, they really want cheerleaders. So they want to say, hey, this was a victory and everybody in the stands to go, yay. But what happens when the Republican Party actually says, this is what we need to do? Now, what are you going to do? So the state Republican Executive Committee passed a resolution that called out Dade Phelan, that called out Dade Phelan and basically said that he violated Plank 233. And subsequently, every member who signed on to support him with Democrats violated Plank 233 by basically helping him circumvent the caucus process. We have this caucus process where you can support a candidate. They can go to a caucus. There's a vote. And then whoever gets the most votes is the Republican nominee. And that is currently Dade Phelan. Two years ago, he did exactly what Dennis Bonin did. And these were the only two candidates who'd had who ran since we established this process where they went and got Democrats support before the caucus to then say, hey, I have won. And then they handed out a bunch of very powerful chairmanships to those Democrats. And so Dade Phelan did that. And the state Republican executive committee recognized that and said, you violated our process. And you did so by teaming up with Democrats. And then subsequently, you've given them a bunch of power. And oh, by the way, you've literally You've backed up that. You have defended that position, publicly defending that position. So they really did do a very good job of saying that Dade Phelan has currently not aligned himself with the Republican Party of Texas, with the process by which we elect and nominate a speaker, and by the rest of the Plank 233 that talks about the way to nominate and elect a speaker, which also says we need to support Republican policies in the legislature and we need to not give Democrats powerful positions. And Dade, you're just not in line with what we're doing here. Now, you have to understand that this resolution, it, they called on Dade Phelan to say, you need to come out and support Plank 233, which I thought was a great way of putting the onus back on him. These SREC members are doing something that most Republicans in the caucus would never even dare or dream of doing, which is making their support for him conditional on him actually delivering something for Republicans. In fact, national Republicans are doing a way better job of this with Kevin McCarthy than most of the Republicans in the caucus today. They just say, you got my support, please know that I'm a cool guy because I'm going to try to push some of this stuff. The SREC is saying, hey, if you want us to support you, you got to support us. You got to step up on this. I think the vote was like 58 to 5 or something. I can't remember the exact number, but I think that's right. I think there were only five state Republican executive committee members who voted against this resolution. That's very encouraging and shows a ton of unity. And this is my encouragement to so many of the conservative Republican legislators out there. The grassroots is unified. I talked about this last week, but Tarrant County passed a resolution that basically gave Tony Tinderholt all the support he needed to take his vote to the floor as he said he's going to do. The grassroots are more unified on this issue than I've ever seen. It, the resolution basically saying... 
we need to support a speaker who doesn't support Democrat chairs. And also, we need to not violate playing 233 like Dade Phelan did. And voting for Dade Phelan, who's already said he's going to appoint a bunch of Democrat chairs, is violating playing 233 and just a bunch of great statements that they said. These resolutions have been passing unanimously or with like a handful of opposition because they are united. But so many state representatives who would even tell you, like, I want to be a voice for the grassroots. I want to amplify the grassroots. That's what I want to do as a lawmaker. The sad reality is they still want to support Dade Phelan. And so um, the State Republican Executive Committee resolution will be public if you – Keep your eyes focused on uh, Texas Scorecard. You should see that as soon as it does come out. Or just the Republican Party of Texas. If you're on their email list, you can sign up for the email list, get it. If you just email the party and say, hey, I want to see the resolutions that passed that were talked on the Luke Mashiach show, you can uh, get it there as well. But overarching, these are very encouraging developments and resolutions that passed at the Republican Party of Texas. We continue to see a stronger, more organized push to advance conservative policy in the state of Texas than we have seen in a very long time. And it's something that each and every one of you hopefully are a part of. It's why I've done episodes on what kind of organizations we're donating to, what we're putting our time into, and all of these different things. So as you're in this end of the year season, you're kind of gearing up for Christmas and preparing your hearts through Advent. For those of you who practice Advent, like my family, um, you're spending some time also kind of realizing that, hey, when this passes, we're going to jump right into the fire of the legislative session in 2023. We will continue to bring you helpful information that we feel like you need to be aware of in order to be best equipped and empowered to make a difference in your community, in your state. And we are very appreciative of each and every one of you. So um, thank you for listening to The Luke Messiah Show. Thank you for sharing it with your friends in Texas and people you meet because we continue, I continue to hear on a regular basis from people who say, hey, I got your show from a friend of mine who listens to it or I heard about this show from a Republican club I went to or this activist that I knew, um, you know, got reports of Republican precinct chairs that were emailing over, emailing around our last show, uh, which again, really talked about some of these lawmakers and what they're doing and how they're running in opposition to what Republican delegates wanted. And so that got shared around several circles of Republican activists or Republican precinct chairs who were saying, hey, please be aware of this. And that's what we're here to do. We're here to bring you this information so that you can do something with it, right? This is a little different than uh, what y'all get on like a talk show. Meaning if, if I had a daily talk show, I would have to come here and try to interpret whatever was happening that day or the day before to you. And the idea of these shows, whether it's Fox News or Ben Shapiro or anything else, is I'm synthesizing of all the stuff out there, a couple things that are in the news, and then giving you a lens to see it through. And that's kind of what you're getting, right? And this is not a criticism of that because like, I receive news from news outlets. I go and I consume daily snippets. And if I want to know what's happening with the railroad union strike, you know, I'm going to have to go to uh, Bra- the Breaking Points podcast, which I listen to at different times as, you know, a conservative and a liberal and go like, what are y'all saying about the railroad union strike? Because I, I, I'm not going to, you're not going to get that information here, but I'm trying to give you information on what's happening in Texas so that you can take that And you can say, I want to do something with this, right? Okay, great. Very encouraging. Now I want to find those state representatives that are doing a good job and amplify their message. I want to team up with some of these organizations that are pushing these issues 
And I want to become a supporter of theirs. I want to want to walk alongside them. I want to bring them. Like we have people that listen to this show that host their own conservative groups. And we'll have someone on this show and then they'll say, hey, we want him to speak at our group. And they'll reach out to him and bring them out to their group. And then he'll inform 30 people at their Republican club of what's going on. It's, it's an action-oriented effort that there is something that flows out of this. I've talked about this before, but if you haven't gone to a Republican state convention before, you should plan on doing that. And we're a year and a half away from that convention, right? This just means you're going to go to your precinct convention next March and attend that and be active in it and then go to the state convention that summer. And then you're going to vote for your state Republican executive committee man and woman at that event. People are going to run. You're going to support them or oppose them. And if they get elected, you're then going to have access to them and get to know them and have their phone number, which means that when they meet once a quarter, like I just talked about, you're going to be able to text them and say, hey, I really want to make sure that y'all don't placate to the political pressures of elected politicians who are trying to cover for their bad behavior and support Dade Phelan. And I need a strong statement like that action. You could see that happening a year and a half from now if you took some of this information. So this is what I want to bring to you. I hope it's helpful to you. I'm glad that you're listening. Thank you for sharing this. If you haven't rated the podcast, I know my little outro talks about it every time, but they say if you write little reviews about Texas and politics and whatever, Senate or whatever you're learning about, why you listen, that helps us rank when different people are looking on the podcast platforms for shows that are going to give them what they need. They're more likely to find us. We appreciate you. God bless you. God bless Texas. Thank you for listening to The Luke Messias Show. This program is brought to you by Scorecard Media. Check out texasscorecard.com to read up on all things Texas. Scorecard Media has other podcasts as well. Yeah, they're not as good as this one, but you should still check them out. Honestly, though, visit texasscorecard.com to see all the content they're producing on a daily basis. If you'd like our podcast to grow, please consider subscribing to the show on whatever platform you listen on and leave a review. That helps others find the content we're producing. Thank you. God bless you and God bless Texas. Texas.